0: hi i'm dan for dobbs tire and auto centers here to share the easiest way to buy tires come to dobbs with the best tire brands and the biggest inventory you'll get your tires the same day
2: at the lowest price guaranteed next time you need tires get into dobbs <laughs> oh
0: with jamie rivers and alex ferrario i'm brandon Kylie. it's ribs and bk on 101 esp and happy to go out to the brown and Crippen celebrity line Baseball writer, <laughs> baseball writer for MLB.com and analyst for MLB Network, Mike Petriello, joining us here on the show. I apologize for laughing on the introduction, Mike. I've got two goofballs in this studio with me, and they were just dancing to the introduction music. Thanks so much for joining us today. How you doing, man? Mike Petriello will be joining us momentarily here on the show. It appears that we've lost him. we try to get him on he here in just our a show second. before, and
2: he just hung up. <laughs> That's it. I, I need to explain
0: <laughs> to the audience what just happened, because I sounded like an idiot there for a second who had no recollection of what was taking place. I'm I'm trying to introduce Mike Petriello, who is, in my opinion, one of the best baseball analysts in the business. And then these two knuckleheads are over here like doing the Matrix thing. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So let's go back out to the Brown and and celebrity line. Happy to be joined by Mac- Mike Petriello. Mike, how you doing today, man?
1: Hey guys, how are you? Happy to be here
0: doing very well. So let's start out with what is the biggest question for the Cardinals coming into the season and has continued to be the thing that has been a struggle for them so far this year. It's the offense coming from the outfield as we sit here today, Mike, what can we say about this outfield with any sort of certainty?
1: Well, sometimes you can predict baseball a little bit, right? I mean, the Cardinals outfield uh, offense last year wasn't that great and then they lost Ozuna and didn't bring anybody in. And the offense this year hasn't been that great. And I I guess a lot of it was sort of crossing those fingers and hoping that the outfield would get better. Uh, Harrison Bader has been better. I know he's hitting 207, but he's on bases up. He's been basically a league average hitter with that defense, which is fine. But as I hardly need to tell you guys, you know, Dylan Carlson didn't do much. And Tyler O'Neal hasn't done much, you know, even Fowler was pretty good when he played. So it's not from the guys I would have expected. But overall, I mean, I think you're probably getting more or less what we kind of thought. I mean, I didn't think this was going to be a good offense, especially from the outfield. And it hasn't been. It's just been sort of, uh, you know, in different frequencies from different players than you would have
2: thought. Now Mike the Cardinals have literally almost tried every single player out in the outfield. I mean heck we've had Tommy Edman out there. We've had Ravello out in the outfield and we certainly have had the rotation of the young guys Dylan Carlson got a chance Dexter like you said he's been he's been good. Dex has been their most consistent outfielder. I we were just talking about this before we we got you on the line was you know, what is what is or is there any downside to bringing up Dylan Carlson at this point and getting him some at-bats? Because I think the experiment of what you've had already this year, I think you know what you have, and, and why not get the kid some reps?
1: Yeah, I think one thing that's important to remember about Carlson is he didn't get a ton of playing time, right? He's got, what, 79 plate appearances, which in the grand scheme of baseball is, is not that much. You know, they gave him a little bit of run at all three ple- spots um, but I, I agree with you. I mean, you you can't expect much more from Bader, right? He's out there for his glove, obviously. Like you're probably not going to want to roll into the playoffs with Ravello, or I think they started Justin Williams the other day. Uh, you know, I, you keep thinking that O'Neill is going to put it together, but it, he just hasn't yet. I agree with you. I I think that is what I would do if I were running this team.
0: So, Mike, as we go into the off season, kind of focusing again on that outfield, are there guys available or who could become available that you think makes sense for the Cardinals to target?
1: Um, that's a great question. I don't have the list of free agents in front of me. I know that George Springer is one of them, but he's going to be a, a big ticket guy, but I can tell you what you're going to see across free agency this year. And it's going to be a record amount of, uh, of non-tenders, right? You're going to see these veteran guys who are not stars who are in arbitration who are getting cut loose. Cause I think free agency is going to be a bloodbath this year. And it, what I would probably try to do if I were the Cardinals is dedicate like one spot to Dylan Carlson and just say, go for it, you know, get like a competent veteran guy who can be like a league average, you know, two or three win player and let him play every day and see if that works. I mean, you, you aren't going to win if you don't get something out of the young guys and you're not going to win if you don't make some additions, right. And they're going to have to go out and try to do something to fix it this winter, because as we saw last year, just standing pat by itself is not going to fix the problem.
2: Mike, the Cardinals have had a couple of injuries of late to the pitching staff. Uh, and obviously, with all the doubleheaders and the games that are just sandwiched in because of their run with COVID, I mean, pitching has become really important to the St. Louis Cardinals, more important than it usually is. And at any point before this season started, did any of us predict that Adam Wainwright would be your number one pitcher? I mean, how incredible <laughs> is this story?
1: Yeah, you're not wrong about that. But I mean, Adam Wainwright is like three weeks older than I am. So I hope he pitches forever. Because that would just <laughs> make me feel a little better about myself. But what, the thing I like about him is he, I guess if we look back, was always sort of ahead of his time, right? Like he has been throwing the curveball as that primary pitch for a couple of years now. It's like, what, 40% curveballs, and that is now what baseball is. You know, it's not so much establish your fastball and then work in the breaking stuff. It's If you have a really good pitch, even if it's a, quote-unquote, secondary pitch, uh, use it as your primary pitch. You know, and that's that's what he is. It's almost like the rest of the league is caught up with, His example, because I vividly remember what three, four years ago thinking, yeah, it's, it's probably about, it's probably about it. I don't know how much more time he's got left in him. And if you look at what he's done this year, he's really, he's been fantastic. You know, I don't know if he's quite as good as the era shows, but the, uh, you know, advanced metrics sort of back up. He's been like average to slightly above average at 39 years old. That's really incredible.
0: We're talking to Mike Petriello, baseball writer for MLB.com, and analyst for MLB Network here on 101 ESPN. Mike, I know none of the advanced numbers will support this this argument, and so I'm sure I I, I probably already know where your take's going to be on it. But – I looked into it yesterday, and Adam Wainwright currently ranks 11th among all 38 NL starters with at least 40 innings in ERA. He's ninth in batting average against. He's 7th in walks, hits, innings, pitch, whip, with a sub-1 whip so far on this season. And if you look even deeper than that, just the context of his starts, it feels like every time he has come up, it's been a must-win for the Cardinals, and Wainwright has come through with a massive start, including whenever they came back from the pandemic, the quarantine that they had. And then he was the first one to get that start. Is there any argument for him to be in the conversation for the Cy Young Award or at least the comeback player of the year this year, in your opinion? Uh, no,
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I love, I love the argument you're trying to make here, but the NL is just so stacked. I mean, DeGrom and Darvish and Trevor Bauer and Aaron Nola and Max Fried. I mean, there's so many good starting pitchers. I I, I could not reasonably put him in that conversation. Comeback player of the year, maybe. I mean, you got Will Myers out there doing well, so sure. But Cy Young, no, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs>
0: I gave my best shot. I mean, you got to at least give me credit for that. We're talking with Mike Petriello, baseball writer for MLB.com, analyst for uh, MLB Network as well. All right, Mike, so let's expand this conversation a little bit. You brought up the NL and how many great performances that we have seen so far this year. As you look at the National League as a whole, and here in St. Louis, we've kind of started wondering whether this team is going to make the playoffs or not, which seemed like a foregone conclusion as recently as about a week ago or so. What do you think their chances are at this point of being able to make this playoff field?
1: I'm reasonably confident about them, and I think if you look at the teams ahead of them, the Phillies are sort of a mess right now, and not just because that bullpen is legitimately historically bad. It's because is hurt and Real is hurt, and Hoskins is hurt and I'm not sure how much they're gonna be able to drag this over the finish line here. And and it's not like I'm really super confident in the Giants ahead of them either. The Cardinals, I guess you could argue about whether you think this is an advantage or a disadvantage, but they've got games in hand, right? That's obviously not easy. It's a lot of double headers, including maybe one on the day after the season, but they've got opportunities. You know, they have more games that they can win than other teams do. So if I was guessing now, I think I'd probably pick them over the Phillies in that eighth spot but they certainly haven't put themselves in a great position a week left in the season.
0: If they were to get in, how would you feel about their chances of doing anything substantial once they get into the postseason?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked that. I'm actually uh, doing some research on that now. So let's say they get in as the eight seed and they would face the Dodgers. who would be the number one seed. And I think everybody can agree. The Dodgers are the favorite in that series. Cause they're probably the best team in baseball, but it's a three game series. You know, I-, I was looking at this over the last 10 years and anytime there's been a three game series between teams with a more than a, a like a ten percent gap in winning percentage, the better team wins about two thirds of the time. And that sounds right. Like it's not that unreasonable for a, a decent but not great team to go face a very good team in a three game series and win two of those games like is it that out of the question to see wainwright show up and shove in game one and you know flaherty pitch well like it's not i don't think they're going to the world series but i also don't think it's a guarantee they'd be bounced in the first round either
0: last question that i've got for you mike and in terms of the scheduling as well with the three game series for the wild card round and then the fact that they're going to have basically no off days do you think that this gives an advantage to teams frankly like the cardinals that have so much starting pitching depth in your opinion
1: I think it has to. I mean, I think if you think about the way that the postseason has been structured in years past with all those extra days off, you know, teams rely heavily on just like four guys. Like, I don't have the number in front of me, but I think last year the Nationals used Strasburg, Corbin, and Scherzer, just three guys, and they threw something like 60% of all the postseason innings, which is insane to me. And the way we're going to have it this year with no days off, it's going to look a little more like regular season baseball, you know, so you're going to need that fourth starter, maybe even that fifth starter. And depending on how you want to rank the the Cardinal starters, you know, if that fourth guy is Dakota Hudson, if he's healthy, I know he had an arm injury yesterday or, or, or Kim, uh, that's not so bad. You know, I think I'd feel decent about that.
0: He is Mike Petriello. Find his work, MLB.com, where he's going to have that piece up, I would imagine, here pretty soon. He's also an analyst that you can watch on MLB Network. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Mike underscore Petriello. Mike, we always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. Thanks, Tess. You got it. That's Mike Petriello joining us here on 101 ESPN.